and how do you typically evaluate the founding team of a startup and what qualities are you looking for in founders can you go deeper into that sure sure so one uh, very good, uh, you know what what you know people then start you know kind of looking at is uh, has the founders uh, done it before right because if he's done it before then i don't need to you know kind of in some form reevaluate right but it's a it's a very specific sort of a uh, talent which is required right a uh, lot of people can build the concept initially the founders will have to say right so uh, can he essentially you know kind of articulate what he's doing very well is essentially one way to you know kind of figure that out right uh, second is uh, can he build a team around himself uh, we can all hire uh, somebody whom we are essentially kind of giving money at 10 20000 essentially whipping uh, them to essentially do work but can he build an entire you know kind of structure where you know people with uh, you know uh, knowledge workers can come and essentially build the careers around that a uh, person right that takes a little different sort of skill uh, i i'm i think i personally don't have that myself as well right so it takes a very specific sort of skill to essentially uh, get people and essentially you know kind of uh, you know form teams around themselves uh, the third one is of course the you know kind of domain knowledge given that we are doing deep tech it can't be that it's a sort of a biotech startup mujhe bhi biotech nahi aata aapko bhi nahi aata maine aapke paise le liye but uh, you know the, the uh, there is some small scientist who i'm paying some Uh, salary he leaves the company both of us are dead right because aapko bhi nahi aata kuch karna mujhe bhi nahi aata kuch karna right so it has to be a founder who has deep domain knowledge uh to run that particular startup that everybody else around him leaves he can still roll up the sleeves and you know kind of do uh, something in that so have you heard of family office funds today we are talking to someone who manages a 130 million dollar family office fund and its investments in startups and funds across us and india now he is a seasoned investor and we'll talk a lot about his successful bets and we'll ask him to look back and see what are the differences between uh, his lot of successful startup investments and the failed ones what are the top 5 qualities that investors look for in founders when investing what are the top 3 factors that he uses to evaluate deep tech companies when why and how family offices participate in the startup ecosystem today we are talking to nitesh agarwal he is a seasoned entrepreneur investor and currently the cio of baldota family office fund this is one of the most in depth discussions i have ever had on an investor and vc's thought process and the checklist we have discussed a broad range of stuff end tak dekho and let me know what you agree or you disagree with Hi Nitesh, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. So Nitesh, uh, first I want to talk a little bit about your investment structure uh, at uh, the fund that you are at right now. Right, right, right. So currently, uh, uh, you know, now we are investing out of a single family office. Uh, mm-hmm. So the total corpus, which has been earmarked to investing in unlisted assets, right? It's around hundred and thirty million dollars. By unlisted assets, you mean startups? We are talking about startups. Private companies. We are talking about awesome. Correct, correct. But I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, double click on why I'm calling it unlisted, right? Not just startups, because we invest into both funds which invest into startups and startups directly, right? So okay. we are both directly and indirectly getting exposure into the unlisted asset class, if you will. So the, out of uh, uh, the balance, two third we are deploying in the US, one third in India. and in both the geographies two third is where we'll invest directly into startups and one third through funds so we have invested in like 20 odd funds in india so far 
and 26 odd directed uh, companies uh, and you know very aggressively you're kind of investing every year as well okay got it got it and so it is not a fund and it's a you're saying it's a family office eh? how is it different uh, sure 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 so uh typically uh you know uh, whenever any manager is taking third party money uh, right so he has to then take an approval from semi uh, so that's in the indian context it's called either category one aif aif stands for alternate investment fund uh, so it's either a category one or a category two aif uh, since we are not taking money from anybody else, right? So it's a single family office uh, with only one single family's money being invested. So it's coming out of a trust structure, which is owned by the family, right? So in, uh, when you are you know, talking about any other fund like Bloom, Chirate, etc., they will have an AIF. We are, we are having a fund, right? So to that extent, it's different. Uh, however, structurally, uh, for all practical purpose, it then remains the same. Okay, so you're saying that <clears throat> on the legal side is different. As far as uh, companies are concerned, as far as uh, the money is concerned, the structure remains the same. The thesis correct. remains the same. That's correct. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Uh, but then there is a uh, there's, there is a lot of uh, negative connotation also typically attached to a family office, right? Uh, why so? And how do we think? How do you think you can change this? Sure, 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 sure. That's a good question, right? So actually, uh, you know, very, very good question, right? So uh, it, I mean, there are like three or four broad reasons, right? Uh, some of them more severe than others in terms of why, firstly, there's a negative connotation, right? So as soon as you firstly think of a negative, you know, family office, you think of this old businessman who is in some very old economy business, who has a Munimji, right? As this finance manager, who is this Khas Admi, right? Who is, uh, is trusted, uh, sort of an advisor uh, so a founder typically expects neither the patriarch whose you know money is being invested nor the Munimji to have any you know kind of knowledge about uh, the you know kind of nuances around startup investing and so on and so forth right so and then you have the color that you know you have to go to his office sit there for two three hours he'll make you sit and dance up and down uh, so we'll not act professionally right so that's the first color which everybody you know kind of gets uh, of course it runs deeper than that a lot of family offices also has, you know, kind of family trouble, right? Where one uh, a person, in, uh, you know, invest, the brother says, why the hell did you invest and so on and so forth, right? So family office managers and she gets caught, you know, kind of in between these kind of structures. Uh, it runs more deeper in some family offices where uh, the family office manager also has to, you know, manage cash, right? Uh, which essentially, you know, kind of flows through the business as well, right? So there are multiple reasons why uh, there is a negative connotation, right? Uh, Structurally, it's also because if let's say you are putting your money, you are putting money everywhere, right? You're putting money in bonds, you're putting money in listed, you're putting money in PMS, you're putting in infrastructure REITs, and you're also investing in startups, right? So the money manager who you would appoint would typically need to have a bird's eye view of everything, all right? And he will be an asset allocator. Well, he essentially say, okay, right? So he'll be that sort of a guy uh, where the uh, startup essentially then pitching one specific idea to an asset allocator, right? So there is a there is a gap in between, right? So that's so those are the you know three four reasons, right? One is of course you would expect to speak to an asset allocator. Second, you would speak expect to speak to a guy who doesn't understand startups, uh, maybe uh, you know not behave as professionally, he'll not show up on time, wouldn't have read the decks and so on and so forth, right? So those are the various reasons why there's a negative connotation. Uh, how can it be solved? It can really be solved in, you know, kind of two, three ways, right? One is by 
uh, you know, most of the families are now expanding the teams, right? They're not just having this Munim who is sort of a asset allocator and looking at the regulatory compliance. He's, the teams are also qualified enough to understand what the startup is all about, understand what the business is about, right? Second is essentially just having a, you know, kind of professionalism and, you know, uh, they, the, the family office managers behaving exactly with the same level of professionalism as you would expect from uh, a fund who would, you know, kind of evaluate opportunities, come on time, be well read, add value, add insights in the conversation, and then, you know, be as responsive when it comes to essentially declining it or as responsive when it comes to essentially, you know, kind of the legal paperwork, right? So, so it, it, it'll take time as I think the industry matures. I don't think anything can happen overnight, but as we stand and speak, there is a negative connotation attached to, uh, you know, kind of family office structures. How true image negative image and image describe probably I had that exact image when you're describing it of a family office. So how true do you think is that image? so not not true anymore. Not true anymore, right? There are around three hundred family offices currently uh, you know functioning in India. A lot of them are structured very well, right? Uh, the they are manned very well in the sense there's a specific team which is looking at unlisted assets right so uh, and they, they are they are largely from the fund ecosystem itself they are they are, i mean the the uh, team within the family office have literally i mean been you know kind of hired who have you know in their prior experience been uh, you know working in the unlisted side right in a fund or something right so uh, i think there is a general uh, level of you know kind of maturity on the family office side uh, however, th this has been more recent, right? I would put it more like a two, three year sort of phenomena at best. Uh, I think it'll still take like five, 10 years before, uh, you know, the, the, the entire negative connotation might not go away, but I mean, to a large extent where founders are a lot more open to essentially engaging with the family offices directly and, you know, kind of taking the money would, would start happening. And <clears throat> I want to maybe discuss key, uh, what is the, what is, how quickly are family offices moving today vis-a-vis -vis say a normal fund or normal VC ki baat kare to, investors ki baat kare to, uh, what is the speed at which family offices move? It's uh, a good question again, right? So very varied, right? So 300 mein se koi honge jo 6 mahina lagayenge, right? Koi honge jo fata fata kar lenge, right? So uh, it's again very, very varied. Uh, it's varied because, uh, uh, because firstly, I mean, the main decision maker will always be traveling, right? In a fund, the main decision maker's full-time job is to uh, deploy this capital right the in the family office uh, structure uh the the family family members whose money is being managed would would be running their own business or would be traveling right uh second would be the legal team within the family office would largely be uh you know the legal team which is essentially working operationally the finance team is working operationally right in a, in a vc and a fund structure they are functioning only for that specific reasons right so therefore it essentially uh you know becomes slow uh however uh you know uh, funds also take time, right? Funds also take their own time in terms of you know, kind of diligencing, in terms of coming up to decision. So, uh, you know, 2021 was an aberration. That notwithstanding, it takes anywhere between three months to six months. So I think that's also enough timeline for family offices to essentially, you know, kind of work, work their, you know, kind of way in parallel as well. Uh, so I would expect at least, you know, kind of uh, 25 to 30% of family office, uh, offices can pretty much you know, work at the same speed as, as a fund. Uh, rest would be slightly slower, some would be really very slow. Okay.
ओके एंड एंड आई वांट टू अंडरस्टैंड कि जो आपने एक इमेज डिस्क्राइब करी वेयर से देर इज लॉट ऑफ इंटरवेंशन देर इज लॉट ऑफ इंटरनल कंफ्लिक्ट आल्सो एट टाइम्स इन द डिसीजन मेकिंग प्रोसेस हाउ हैज दैट चेंज्ड हाउ हाउ मच आर द फैमिली मेंबर्स ऑफ द ऑफ द ऑब्वियसली फैमिली ऑफिस इन्वॉल्व नाउ इन डिसीजन मेकिंग एंड हाउ मच ऑफ अ डिसीजन इज द फंड मैनेजर इन्वॉल्व्ड इन uh so so it in structurally i mean the in a fund as well right there's a team and then there's an ic right which is the investment committee right which needs to then uh, finally bless the investment right mm-hmm. and uh, i mean there are cases where the ic is uh, ic's approval rate would be as low as 25% uh, there will be uh, funds where the ic's approval rate would be as high as 80 90% right so it essentially in kind of depends even on the vc side it will be in a kind of fairly varied uh on the family office side also i mean typically wherever there are individual people there's a team which is specifically looking at uh, investing in unlisted uh you would have the team functioning like the you know kind of a fund and the family members then would you know kind of behave like a investment committee right on top of that uh right uh, with some sort of a approval or clearance rate right uh now in a fund if they have raised capital then they are consistently deploying capital over 3 4 years right in a family office given the uh, you know uh, situation of the underlying businesses of what the family owners operate uh, and the cash flow thereof uh, the intent of deployment could vary right but uh, given the uh, given the you know it's a 10 year journey most family offices have also evolved to understand that they have to कंसिस्टेंटली नो कैंड गो ऑन डिप्लॉइंग दे कैन बी रैटिक अबाउट अच्छा आज डिप्लॉय करते हैं कल से नहीं करते हैं सॉर्ट ऑफ थिंग राइट सो दैट दे हैव स्टॉप डूइंग राइट सो द एंड दे आल्सो इन अ कैंड ऑफ पुट गवर्नेंस स्ट्रक्चर वेयर द फैमिली फैमिलीज डायरेक्टली आर नॉट इन सम फॉर्म सबवर्टिंग द यू नो कैंड ऑफ प्रोसेस राइट सो इट इज इन ऑल यू नो मैनर यू नो फंक्शनिंग एग्जैक्टली लाइक अ फंड बुक सो लॉट ऑफ फैमिली ऑफिसेस हैव इवॉल्व टू दैट एक्सटेंड द लॉट हैव हैव नॉट फॉर्मलिंगली uh it's a very formal structure now that is something that has been established over the last few years but still the lot of uh, founders lot of startups would vary ki abhi family office ke pas nahi jate hain maybe family offices can come in at a later stage what do you think would be an ideal stage to uh, yeah so currently and i mean again i'm i'm giving my read of the uh, whole situation right so uh, founders are typically approaching family offices either either at a very early stage or a very late stage right uh so at a very early stage because i mean it's like i mean most of the family offices start small right would invest you know 50 lakhs 1 crore uh, that sort of a number they are uh, very hesitant to essentially you know, kind of come in when the valuations become very high right so they come in very early or they are approaching the family offices fairly late right during let's say broadly let's call it the pre pre ipo stage right where the the founder started speaking about let's say an ipo and therefore he can still start ex- accepting you know kind of smaller checks from family offices Go to them and say, okay, yes, अभी मैं IPO करने वाला हूँ तो आप अंदर घुस जाइए तो दो साल बाद IPO होने वाला है, right? So those are the broad two, uh, you know, kind of areas where founders are currently accepting money from family offices. Uh, I would, uh, you know, from a suggestion of when to approach uh, family offices, my sense is that 
you know, there shouldn't be any stage in which you are looking at family offices versus VC funds, right? I think it should be the same uh, as long as the the uh, family office is structured in a slightly more professional manner, right? If they are going to start, start uh, if the family office is writing smaller checks like like uh, 50 lakhs, uh, similar, I mean, a micro VC also, you know, there are various micro VCs which, like, which write 50 lakhs to one project, right? So you would approach, let's say, both together, right? Then there are family offices which are writing, let's say, $1 million or $2 million. And then there are funds which are writing $1 million, $2 million. You would approach, you know, kind of both of them, right? So I don't think it makes sense to delineate them from a stage perspective. It should be, okay, what's the check size, right? So if they can write the uh, check size at that stage, then they, they can be approached. Now, family offices do add value because they are strategically involved in businesses, right? So, uh, you know, so it it uh, doesn't harm to take a family office sort of check as long as the family office will, you know, kind of manage, uh, will be, you know, kind of managing it professionally. I think before coming to the uh, other side of it, uh, which is how you guys invest, how you guys uh, evaluate founders and all of that, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your journey. Uh, you have been in the industry for since uh, 2006, right? Since your graduation from I am Bangalore days. Uh, how has your journey been since then? And what are the major shifts that you have seen in the startup ecosystem and the industry in general? Sure. Right, 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 right. Uh, so again, very good question, right? So, uh, so the uh, you know, it's it's pretty much been whatever close to 16, 17 years now. Uh, for me, you know, kind of investing specifically for the unlisted asset class, right? So I've seen, you know, kind of the entire, you know, kind of cycle multiple times, if you will, right? From an India perspective. Uh, if I were to just summarize what's the major shift, I would essentially say that it's around, you know, earlier there was significant lack of capital, uh, now not as much. So there were good founders who'd lose out, not because they would execute badly, but because there wasn't any money available, right? So I think that part is changing. Right. So that's the one macro change. The second macro change which has happened is essentially earlier there were traditional businesses uh, which were not like a winner take all sort of business, right? Uh, like a Swiggy is a winner take all, restaurant is not, right? There could be multiple restaurants functioning, but there would be only one Swiggy or one Zomato kind of thing, right? So, uh, so the other shift which has happened is essentially this whole VC mindset of winner take all sort of mindset and, you know, kind of understanding that, right? So those are the two major shifts. And I'll go slightly, you know, kind of deeper into, you know, kind of both of them, right? Uh, so uh, let's say in 2003, uh, there were very, you know, large bankers like Bank of America sort of guys, right? They were essentially, you know, kind of approach uh, promoters at that time who were running their own factories or large companies with 200-300-500 crore ka turnover hoga and the bankers would approach ki, matlab, there is some guy who wants to invest capital, right? The first question which the promoter would ask, right, kitne take pe dega? that used to be like 2003, right? And uh, the the banker would say, "No, yar, koi takhe pe nahi dega." So, like, how much time will you have to invest? So, let's go back to the promoter. So, the promoter would say, "Who is this man? He is going right? So, let's get this guy's money, right? Uh, they, so, they needed to be educated that there is something called as equity, and somebody can essentially partner you in your business. It's not only debt capital, right? So, that was the day, you know, 2003 odd days, right? Where I think in some form the birth of uh, you know. Uh, private equity, you know, kind of sort of happened in India. Uh, uh, in 2015 also, I think there were just around 50 to 100 odd funds. Uh, currently, there's 700 funds in India, right? So lack cap capital availability has gone up. There's a lot more understanding of what this asset class is uh, in both the you know kind of angel ecosystem, 
there was no angel ecosystem at all right now there's a very budding angel ecosystem there will be around i think 4000 to 10000 angels would have written some check at some point in time in one of the startups uh, number of startups which are born is around you know kind of 200 way back in 2008 now there are around 15000 20000 startups born a year right so it's around let's say you know kind of uh, sort of like a 100x jump in terms of you know kind of activity right so i think both sides have matured a lot more in terms of what this asset class is all about uh, the other shift which i've seen is also you know kind of me to ideas right pehle hota tha ki acha group one ka idea chal gaya us mein chalo yahi copy karke matlab kuch to india mein dal dete hain even in india right ke ride hailing wala koi idea chal gaya chalo isme matlab every uh, old businessman would be like theek hai isko kuch to copy karte hain panch jan hire karenge wo ek code word likh dega hum log launch kar denge and we'll essentially become the next ola right Uh, so, uh, again, the realization that okay, winner take all business may you, you have, cannot be me too. It has to be a differentiated idea, right? So now we are seeing a lot. I mean, every founder would uh, be a lot better storyteller. Will will have identified the very specific niche. Would be working on a very specific problem statement, which will not be competing with the biggies, right? So I think overall, if I were to just sum it up, right, it's the ecosystem has evolved a lot. Uh, there's a lot more capital available. Uh, right the another shift if i were to just at a macro level you know kind of mention that right uh, most investors will get an exit only once the company gets bought out right very few companies mm-hmm. will ipo uh, now pehle those are 12 se 15 mein kaun buy out karega there were only very few unicorns there were like hardly 5 10 unicorns uh, right uh, traditional businesses didn't understand or have a need to essentially you know kind of tie up with the startup right So, if let's say I as an investor, you as a founder need to exit, where would we exit? Ninety-five percent of the cases will exit to somebody in a kind of buying out, finding value in it. Uh, early, there weren't any buyers. Suddenly, there are a lot more buyers, right? There are a lot more monicons, unicorns, unicorns, even traditional businesses like Tata, essentially, you know, kind of buying something like a big basket, right? So, your Reliance essentially buying out multiple businesses, right? So, uh, suddenly, exits are possible, right? So, overall, I think. If I were to just very high level summarize it, I think the ecosystem has developed a lot more than what it was in the last twenty years, and I think we're just starting uh, to scratch the surface. Uh, over the next ten years, I think it'll get a lot better from where we are. I think uh, uh, you correctly mentioned a lot of things. Um, back when I was in, I started my first company back when I was in college. Uh, I think two thousand ten or eleven. I was trying to build a, a reverse auction, a reverse bidding platform. in the e-commerce space back then the only space in india was e-commerce i remember i remember you mentioning uh the me too factor that was there in startup ecosystem uh around 5 10 years back but i think uh, everybody wanted to start in uh, e-commerce space that has changed uh now even if you are starting in the e-commerce space it has to be niche uh, product uh, you can't be doing what everyone else is doing uh, i have seen that change myself and i totally agree with that uh but uh, how do you see the startup ecosystem evolving over the next decade and what do you, what opportunities do you see for investors here uh got it got it uh, cool so so uh, while capital has become available i don't think it's become available enough right and i will give the context of let's say india versus us right uh, the us in some form being the benchmark of what startup ecosystem could potentially become Uh, so in india we have 700 odd cat 1 and cat 2 ais in the us there are 20000 right so that's the you know kind of first disparity uh, the amount of uh, fund uh, funds which each fund would have right will be a lot higher in the us versus india right uh, overall for let's say a uhni 
in the US, the exposure to unlisted as an asset class would be around 20% of their net worth. Around 33 odd would be for listed, 20 odd would be for unlisted, right? In India, that would be as low as 2%. Uh, this is, I mean, there will be some families which are, you know, kind of doing 5, 10%, etc., right? But largely it'd be like, you know, uh, uh, sub 1%, sub 2% kind of thing, right? So we will catch up, right? Would this 2% become 20% over the next 10, 20 years? The answer is yes, uh, right? Because the trends and all the macro trends are, we are following exactly the same pathway which US had followed. Maybe we are a couple of decades behind, right? But we are, uh, we are following that, right? So as the 2% become 20%, the capital availability for founders, for startups, for investors, for exit, all of them will become a lot more vibrant than what it is right now, right? Uh, uh, and the other thing also which is happening is again, I mean, this whole idea to essentially invest into a niche idea, right? So earlier it was invest to list, right? Listing ke kuch music, right? Now it's invest to uh, sell, right? Now that mindset allows you to start investing in niche ideas, right? Pura market size ka soccer right? Or none of the larger funds would touch it, right? Single market size is too small. It cannot become a unicorn, right? A lot of investors will be like, okay, unicorn will not be a unicorn, right? So, if it's 500 crore, right? So, so, so I think overall, uh, it, it's become a lot vibrant uh, and it will become a lot more vibrant as the capital in this ecosystem will essentially you know, kind of go up as buyers in this ecosystem will go up, as more exits start happening for investors, as startups essentially become a lot more clearer that it has to be a differentiated idea. There are a lot more, uh, they've done a lot more homework when they're, you know, kind of approaching investors, right? Just because they are, uh, you know, spending their next, you know, kind of 10 years in that journey. Uh, so on both sides, both capital givers and capital uh, takers are becoming a lot more evolved in their decision making. But do you really think, uh... Uh, say investors and uh, VCs are evolving in a way where they see a 500 CR or 500 million or a, or a hundred million, let's say, uh, yeah. outcome as an, or a hundred million exit as a good exit. Because what's happening is that in the investor ecosystem, a lot many times what's happening is that uh, people are looking out for that one or two uh, stellar company that will give out a disproportionately yeah. high amount of return, right? Uh, but is that thought process also changing when people are investing today? Uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It is. Uh, so it is still largely let's invest to list sort of mindset, right? So it is okay. Market size should be large, right? Uh, but that is again changing. I mean, I know of funds which are smaller funds, which are not even thinking around those sort of mindsets, right? Because when you're starting a company to think ki the saal mein list ho jayega, right? There's just zero, uh, you know, kind of predictability, right? It's like, achai, what is he solving? Is, he sol is the founder solving something very niche? Is is it some decent size? Yeah, nahi, matlab, uh, whatever, do crore ka market size, right? That's too small. You can't do anything with it, right? Then it'll be a, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, lala sort of business, right? But it's any, you know, kind of decent size. The idea is to first get the guy started, right? Get the guy started, get the, uh, you know, uh, uh, PMF out, get the product out, uh, uh, you know, have five people who essentially doing pilots, so on and so forth, right? Uh, because somebody will find value and, you know, kind of could potentially, you know, kind of buy it, right? Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, I, I know of funds which have started looking at that. Uh, having said that, it's a transition which will still take some time. Uh, but in the next few years, I think even the uh, the ideas which are not like a unicorn sort of an ideas will also start getting funded. And what are the spaces that, Nitesh, you have invested in? What are the spaces that have been 
and amongst them what are the spaces that have been highly re- rewarding for you guys sure sure you have had a close to 16 17 years journey now right sure so uh, i will speak about my most recent journey uh, right so because initially mm-hmm. like i said so when i mean 2006 to 2010 when we were investing we were investing in very traditional sort of businesses we used to laugh at funds when they used to invest in mintra type of business right like kapde kaun khareedega online right of course the, later on we had to unlearn a lot of, a lot of whatever we thought we knew and then you know kind of had to uh, understand the uh, the whole you know kind of vc game right but in the last uh, you know kind of 3 years through the family offices uh, we have it's while it's tech agnostic uh we are very health tech and biotech sort of focused so we have done like five six mm-hmm. drug discovery companies we have done two three medical devices uh we have done uh, two edtech companies we have done two uh gaming tech companies we have done one uh, uh space tech one robotics one insurance tech uh, one health tech and so on so forth right so uh, it's been uh, you know kind of sectorally you know kind of uh, diversified Uh, however if let's say you ask me personally what is the most rewarding i would still say you know kind of health tech and biotech would be uh, a sector where mm-hmm. uh, you know kind of i like a lot uh, and the reason is essentially uh, you know any capital right has to go beyond just the capital right uh, the end of the day if let's say even if uh, the uh, the uh, the founder fails in what, he, what the drug is trying to you know kind of come out with at least there's some knowledge which he has you know kind of come out uh, in 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 the world if he succeeds of course then he ends up saving lives and if he you know kind of does not succeed also there is some knowledge that okay ye karne se to wo drug bahar nahi aayega right to try some other approach right so uh, and that's also you know kind of deep tech enough where a lot of uh, funds don't you know kind of invest so we don't end up competing a lot for those sort of deals uh and it's also intellectually rewarding because each conversation with the founder is extremely you know kind of rewarding because we end up learning a lot in terms of you know uh, uh, you know how the human body works how the you know kind of various cells work and so on and so forth right so uh so it's sector agnostic but uh, biotech is something which i have enjoyed investing a lot so you mentioned uh, saving lives and all uh so as a founder uh, what i have realized is that you are able to create a lot of impact and you are able to measure that impact also ab bolte hum ye badal rahe hain we are changing this part of the world and this part of the world and you find a lot of uh, joy in that uh, which is what drives a lot of founders because a very tough journey as a vc i want to understand uh, how do you if at all you do how do you measure the impact of your investments beyond financial returns i'm pretty sure that you guys are investing in say tons of spaces you can't be saying ki hum duniya mein sab kuch badal rahe hain but how how do you measure uh, that impact sure 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 uh so good question right so firstly i mean let me just you know kind of double click on impact right and and what does it mean right so when mostly people in the industry started talking about impact they mean the esg framework right uh they they mean the the goals which have been laid out by the un and how it you know kind of maps to that right uh since we don't have a regulatory requirement to essentially you know kind of align to that we have not uh structured it from that point of view uh however how we look at impact is uh, uh you know in some form we call our capital r and d capital uh right hmm. uh so uh, the, again taking the context of us versus india uh india in a lot of ways is behind us despite having extremely good talent right uh, to the extent where i think most of the valley is now being you know kind of run by indians right so but in india we are not able to you know kind of do a lot one of the key reasons which we believe is because of lack of uh, you know kind of r and d infrastructure in our colleges 
uh, while I was in a tier, uh, you know, just one level below, let's say, uh, you know, IIT sort of college, our labs were, uh, you know, completely, you know, kind of under uh, invested in, right, by the college itself, right. Uh, uh, where I mean, I'll get a reading. I'll go to the college professor. College professor will write, "Ye reading karoge to fail ho jaoge." Yar, ye likh do. Pachis aaya, bees likh do, right? So because the the equipment wasn't working, right? So in that environment, we are not used to creating something, right? Uh, I mean, uh, my uh, entire you know kind of uh, uh, experience of an experiment is taking a blue paper, dipping it in some liquid, and essentially the blue paper becomes red, and saying, "Oh, chal litmus test," right? So. But other than that, we've not done much. And the reason we've not done much is because equipment is not given, right? And if we're equipment, then we're just reading a book that someone else has written. But we are not coming up with our, you know, kind of knowledge ourselves, right? So, uh, so to that extent, because we are essentially, you know, kind of investing in deep tech, uh, we are thereby, in our own way, uh, you know, creating some sort of a funnel for R&D capital uh, to flow into. Companies which are trying to do something in terms of research and development, and thereby trying to kind of bridge the gap in some small way uh, uh, at our end. So, which would be say the highest impact R and D company that you have invested in lately, or a company that you remember? Uh, sure. So, so uh, there is a there is a bunch of companies which uh, which which is there, right? So, there is a company uh, in, uh, 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 in space tech. Uh, which is a company called Skyloom, which has done really mm-hmm. well for us uh, financially as well, uh, right? Uh, so, uh, so, so they're in space tech, right? It's, uh, you know, so uh, a satellite essentially comprises of five broad, you know, kind of uh, things, right? So one is the outer body, second is the thruster, which essentially gets it into orbit. The third one is essentially the power unit, uh, because I mean it has to take power from the sun and distribute it. Fourth is essentially the key sensors. Uh, which, if let's say it's uh, it's for surveillance, then it'll have camera or it'll have some RF technology or whatever it is, right? So the the uh, key payload, and the last one is essentially the communication unit, which downlinks the information collected by the satellite down to Earth. Uh, so uh, prior to this company, everybody was using RF technology to downlink the information. This company started using infrared, uh, and with the claim that the the energy usage would pretty much become one third. Uh, for you know, kind of uh, sending the communication back to Earth. Now, once the uh, satellite is in orbit, uh, the most of the power, 90% plus of the power, is used to just send the information back to Earth, right? Because it's already achieved escape velocity. So, given that this company was able to one third the power usage, the the power distribution unit and the power unit could become one third in size. Therefore, the thrusters could become one third in size, and therefore the satellite itself could become one third in size. Uh, thereby significantly lowering the cost of anybody launching the satellite, right? So, so that one has done really well. Uh, second company I would like to mention is a company called Inito, which is uh, into fertility monitoring device. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, since as parents we are essentially kind of having kids later and later in our, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, lifetime, uh, causing various sort of complication. Uh, so now most of this complication can be solved just by timing the act of intercourse, uh, as opposed to essentially going for an IVF or stroke IUI as treatment. Uh, so what this company does is essentially it's a device which clamps behind the phone, and the lady pees on it, similar to a pregnancy strip, and inserts it in, into the phone, uh, into that you know kind of device. 
uh, this company has measured the has figured out the microfluidics to measure LH, FSH, progesterone, and estrogen in a single strip, uh, thereby predicting the exact you know kind of fertility fertility cycle for women. Uh, largely selling in the US, uh, so the, the you know in terms of uh, the entire tech, they are cutting edge, uh, way ahead of you know kind of any other company, including let's say uh, the US etc. So we are very proud of that as well. I think, uh, as a, what I want to understand, you mentioned, uh, Anito, you mentioned, I think, uh, space, uh, uh, company in the space tech space, uh, I believe. Uh, yeah. So I want to understand uh, how do you, as a VC, how do you prepare yourself to evaluate these companies? Because you have a lot of deep knowledge, deep tech products and yeah. that uh, probably, I don't know, uh, don't come across on a daily basis. You don't have knowledge of also, uh, you don't probably understand all the terms also. How do you prepare to invest and understand these pitches as well uh, as a VC. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, I mean, uh, so at a very high level, there's a, uh, you know, the framework of what we would apply when we're looking at, you know, kind of sort of uh, any investment uh, is, I mean, let me like a broad, you know, kind of fight in sort of parameters, right? So one would be the 2030 view. Do we see this problem statement existing over the next 10 years, right? Because a startup is a, <coughs> is a 10 year journey. Uh, the second one is essentially what we call why now? So what is it that got solved in the ecosystem because of which, uh, you know, kind of this, this company will take off now, right? Couldn't have taken off earlier. Uh, for example, I mean, the birth of smartphones allowed us to, uh, you know, kind of give birth to a bunch of essentially, you know, kind of uh, uh, startups, which couldn't have been possible if the startup had not existed. And let's say Ola or Uber couldn't have existed if, uh, let's say the smartphone uh, hadn't existed, right? Uh, there are a lot of genetic startups which which can only now be born given that most of us are essentially you know, kind of getting genetically mapped, right? So there's enough gene data for us to solve that, right? Uh, once we get the headset, it will essentially give rise to multiple of, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 VR sort, uh, you know, sort of startups, right? So there is a bottleneck which gets solved, which thereby, you know, kind of uh, leads to uh, a, a, you know, a startup in that sector essentially could, could get born. So why now is a, is a huge, uh, sort of a filter for us. The, the third one is of course, founder fitment, right? How fit is the founder for that particular startup, which has a bunch of its own sort of a, a you know, criteria, right? Can, can the founder sell? Can he scale? Does he have the right pedigree? Does he have the domain knowledge to run it? Uh, are there multiple founders? Does the founder have the ability to take feedback, pivot? Uh, does he have decent stake or skin in the game? Can he raise capital? Can he persevere? <coughs> the other ones are, I mean, what's the problem statement? The conviction on the problem statement. Uh, is there non-linearity of growth? Does the founder of clarity on GTM? Uh, is the unit economics healthy enough? Uh, what's the current traction, right? So, I mean, there's a bunch of very, very standard sort of uh, items which we look at. Uh, very specifically around deep tech, it's more around uh, reading up around that, you know, kind of, uh, that topic, right? So we have to do a lot of reading ourselves to get up to speed in terms of what the founder is speaking, right? In most cases, it takes one or two days of intense reading to essentially just start scratching the surface in terms of what the founder is talking about. So we have to do that homework and develop our own conviction. And of course, we also take help, help of external advisors. Understood, understood. And how do you typically evaluate the 
founding team of a startup and what qualities are you looking for in founders can you go deeper into that sure sure so one uh, very uh, you know what what you know pe- people then start you know kind of looking at is uh, has the founders uh, done it before right because if he's done it before then i don't need to you know kind of in some form reevaluate right but it's a it's a very specific sort of a uh, talent which is required right a uh, lot of people can build they can't sell initially the founders will have to sell right so uh, the can he essentially you know kind of articulate what he's doing very well is essentially one way to you know kind of figure that out right uh, second is uh, can he build a team around himself uh, we can all hire uh, somebody whom we are essentially kind of giving money at 10 20000 and essentially whipping uh, them to essentially do work but can he build an entire you know kind of structure where you know people with uh, you know uh, knowledge workers can come and essentially build the careers around that uh, person right that takes a different sort of skill uh, i i'm i think i personally don't have that myself as well right so it takes a very specific sort of skill to essentially uh, get people and essentially you know kind of uh, you know form teams around themselves uh, the third one is of course the you know kind of domain knowledge given that we are doing deep tech it can't be that it's a sort of a biotech startup mujhe bhi biotech nahi aata aapko bhi nahi aata maine aapke paise le liye but uh, you know the the uh, there is some small scientist whom i'm paying some Uh, salary he leaves the company both of us are dead right because aapko bhi nahi aata kuch karna mujhe bhi nahi aata kuch karna right so it has to be a founder who has deep domain knowledge uh, to run that particular startup that everybody else around him leaves he can still roll up the sleeves and you know kind of do uh, something in that business uh, the next one is of course the ability to take feedback and pivot right uh, there are very few startups which can essentially have the premise the founder start off today and that continues over the next 2 years 5 years 10 years right it it's mathematically impossible uh, the, you know most startups uh, will have to pivot if not once multiple times right? and a pivot could be minor pivots pivot could be just the uh, pricing strategy it could be whether it's a freemium model versus non freemium model right it's a let's go after ad revenue versus let's go after subscription right let's change the interface let's change the uh, just the uh, the the articulation of what it's solving for right let's just change positioning right so it could be multiple small pivots which can essentially be there and the founder has to take the ability of taking that feedback both from investors market customers teams on so right and constantly you know kind of sort of pivot uh, right so that is in my mind a very very super critical you know kind of uh, uh, the thing which the founder needs to have uh then the other one is essentially skin of the game and a decent stake right uh, because it can't happen that uh, the the key guy who can actually run and drive things is has sub 2% and some sleeping partner and we we used to see a lot of those cases right where there'll be some businessman at the back who is essentially holding 50% to 70% the entire team is essentially on an esop structure of uh, for 20 30% and as soon as that guy leaves the company is dead right so those structures we completely stay away uh right and the next one is of course perseverance right so very difficult to judge but uh, you know a startup only dies when the founder leaves uh, until he perseveres at least there's hope right so uh, there will be multiple times when the startup is near death uh, multiple times when the founder is like kya kar raha hu main life mein a uh, family bol rahi ho se yaar kya kar raha hai tu life mein pagar kama raha tha ye why why are you doing this uh, right so on so right and the founder has to persevere through uh, the founding team has to persevere through all of that right that's a talent which uh, which i think is if i were to pick one talent of every other talent right including market size why now everything i spoke about if we can just find out founders who have perseverance 
uh, that investor will make a lot more money than every other uh, investor would, right? Because end of the day, as long as the founder is persevering, there is hope, and he will try to. I mean, he will do something at the other end of that ladder. I think it's interesting that you mentioned perse- perseverance. Actually, uh, <clears throat> I remember for from my YC days, we were part of a Y com- program called Y Combinator uh, back in 2021. uh so yc partners would show us a list of uh, a few hundred companies that they have invested in the past and that it has been a decade or so since they last invested in those companies and they would typically discuss among themselves ki uh, how many of these companies are successful today how many of these companies have failed today and they would discuss the reasons why uh, to help us and help all the founders there all the companies they realize why most of the companies are failing and the most obvious conclusion was uh All, almost all the companies that had failed and there are a bunch of successful companies but we are talking about some of the companies that failed uh, almost all the companies that had failed uh, were because of the reason that the founders left okay. for some reason or the Absolutely. other the founders quit okay. for some reason or the other so i think uh, the number one quality i also believe in the same the number one quality that stands out uh, that differentiates a, a success, whether a company could be successful or not uh, is perseverance is the fact that uh, whether or not Absolutely. yeah founders are ready to put in everything okay. i think uh, we we talked a lot about uh, the kind of investments that you have made the kind of impact that you have been able to have uh, but i want to talk about uh, roi about uh, return on capital roc uh, what have been some of the most successful investments that you have made and why do you think they were successful uh so good question so in fact i mean it's so good a question that i don't think i have an answer to that right so there have been uh, investments which are pretty much in a kind of at uh, you know uh, 50x plus sort of a return for us uh there are uh, you know bunch of them two or three of out of 26 have shut down uh right uh, so and i mean we do try to you know kind of audit our decision making as well right uh, so periodically not all the time right and i mean one the, the 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 exact question which you're asking right why is this company successful why are the rest not right that's something which which we've uh, unfortunately not you know kind of have, have an answer to uh, the companies which shut down also i mean uh, uh, founders were at uh, initial get go very uh, you know passionate about the the their problem statement they were uh very passionate about uh, you know solving it and so on so forth right so uh, at at least seemingly the data we had right it, you know it turned out of course the founder wasn't right which is why the founder left and the uh, the the company shut down right i'm just trying to understand what data we had initially and what can we do to change that right so the founder seemed you know kind of as passionate about it with the domain knowledge Uh, market size in all the cases seem to be uh, seemed uh, you know kind of uh, uh, large enough uh, having said that if i were to just you know kind of pick one quality uh, to you know kind of determine it will essentially be the founder right in most cases wherever it's you know kind of shut down we did discover that the founder had overstated his passion about it and wasn't as passionate about it uh, was always you know kind of thinking about uh, his exit was always you know kind of thinking about uh you know why am i you know kind of going through all this trouble uh the founder would leave say you know citing okay family issues or with a, a side saying that okay um you know my partner is saying i'm taking too much stress and i shouldn't and you know this is going nowhere and so on so forth right so uh, wherever it's you know kind of failed it's been uh you know where the founder is finally you know kind of let go 
but I mean, to answer your question, what did we know about the company when we are investing? Uh, that part, uh, we are still trying to, you know, kind of qualify that more with uh, how do we essentially kind of make that judgment. And unfortunately, we don't have a right answer for that. And I, I think one of the most, uh, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this. One of the most sought after uh, things when people are starting up for the first time are funds, right? Uh, and probably what scares a lot of founders the most is uh, they will run out of funds. Have you seen any companies in your long, long uh time now investing in uh, companies have you seen any companies run out of funds and hence they had to shut absolutely down, uh, yeah, yeah so three or four of our portfolio shut down because they ran out of capital right see until capital is there the founder will persevere right uh, and uh, the mm-hmm. the uh, you know uh, it it just his perseverance gets tested once he runs out of capital right and what does he do uh, either his ability to raise capital has to be sufficiently high enough where he doesn't see that phase right or his traction continues in a fairly linear fashion, right? So that capital comes, right? And again, I mean, uh, just, uh, you know, pay heed to that, right? Life is rarely linear, right? You will essentially, especially in R&D, there'll be nothing happening and suddenly there's a burst, right? Uh, Capital only follows linearity, right? What was the last round? Uh, Is there an up round? And it isn't two months, what can you show me? And so on and so forth, right? So so the various reasons why, I mean, the, the, the founder is not able to raise capital. If he's not able to raise capital, what does he do then, right? Does he persevere or does he, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of run away, right? The, that's the, you know, kind of uh, a key thing. Uh, is the fear uh, for the founder, right? That's the foremost fear that he will run out capital. And if he runs out capital, what does he do? For the investors also, I mean, in some form at an early stage uh, investors, that's the foremost fear, right? If the founder runs, runs out of capital, most likely he will let go of the idea rather than pivot significantly enough, let go of the team and still try to, you know, kind of do something with it. Uh, most likely he'll essentially, you know, kind of shut down and if he shuts down, then you lose your capital, right? So uh, that's the foremost fear and that's a very, uh, you know, but I mean, it is what it is. I think uh, what I, and how you mentioned also mentioned that a uh, lot many, you mentioned pivots a lot many times uh what do you think i have seen some of the large companies also today uh misho for example and they ended up pivoting uh maybe due to the market conditions and all but at a very late stage uh what do you think uh companies have to pivot multiple times uh on the original idea to reach to a final conclusive product so, so in some sense, it essentially goes back to the definition of what a startup is, right? Uh, so, uh, I mean, people question like, okay, should Ola, Uber, Flipkart at this size be called a startup, right? They started a long, long time ago, right? Uh, but for me, the core definition of a startup is uh, there is no recipe for success, right? So there is, let, let's say a restaurant, right? There's a recipe for success, right? Ki aise diwar honge, aisa color hoga, aisa logo hoga. Whatever, right? So there is a recipe for success. And that's where that's what buyout funds and private equity funds understood. There's a recipe for success. Follow the strategy. I'm giving the capital. We need a very strong execution guy who will essentially run it. Uh, startup is exactly the opposite, right? Startup is essentially a founder being left in the middle of the jungle. It's completely dark. There are no roads and he's blind, blindfolded and he's groping in the dark to find an answer, right? Of what it is. Left, answer, right? And so on and so forth, right? It has to be that. 
uh, because he's going on a path which is unknown. He's he's trying to you know kind of do something new uh, because the path is unknown. You know, uh, the mathematically the probability that he'll essentially you know, kind of just find the right path in in the dark is near zero. He will have to go take wrong turns and come back. Take wrong turns and come back. Right. So uh, so pivot is uh, how shall I put it? It's a given if it's a startup. Uh, running, I mean, trying to solve for something which has not been solved before, uh, and as far as stage is concerned, I think it's also agnostic to that, right? Uh, because I mean, up up jungle se bahar aane aane aate aate matlab ap fir bhi rasta bhul sakte, right? Because at the end of the day, you're still in the dark, right? As a startup, you could you know make mistakes in the beginning or you could make mistakes in the end, right? Uh, it's just how quickly you understand those mistakes and you know kind of get back to uh, the your your main path. Is what will essentially drive success. That is also easier said than done, right? You pivot too quickly, it's like a chap to persevere. नहीं कर रहे हो, कुछ भी idea दोगे थोड़ा तो time दो से, right? आप बहुत late कर लोगे, you would burn a lot of capital, right? So again, absolutely no right answer uh, of what's the uh, what's the uh, you know speed at which somebody should pivot, what's the level of conviction one 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 should have as founders on whatever idea he is chasing uh, to go after it, right? Uh, I I think. to that extent it's it's an unknown uh, but what is definitely at some point in time you have to take that feedback and have the ability of pivoting and you know kind of getting back on right course but what has happened is that later you pivot uh, what happens is that you have raised a lot of capital right uh, which has been the case uh, which has been a very common case in the recent days what has happened is that a lot of companies have raised a lot of capital at a very high valuation especially in the last one two years Uh, when valuations were going crazy, okay. and now they realize that the business is not working out, it's not a very high revenue business, or the market size is not enough. Uh, in that situation, there are in a fix. What does the founder do then? Uh, what does the VC do then? And how do we like uh, make the best out of whatever capital you have, whatever uh, I don't know, or maybe you don't have. How do you, how do we make the best out of the investments that you have? It's a very common scenario. Scenario we need to understand that today uh, almost. Uh, uh, 70-80% of the companies are, you know, in that fix. Maybe 70-80% of the companies, at least, that raised in the last one, one and a half years. No, so, so I'll, I'll, you know, kind of break up the question into two parts, right? One is essentially the cyclicity in the the uh, VC industry, where uh, you know prices were bid up, right? Uh, which also happens, let's say, the listed market. Uh, you know, companies will go up from hundred rupees to five hundred rupees, suddenly crash to uh, crash to two hundred rupees, right? Uh, so cycles exist everywhere, including let's say the 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 peace stroke VC industry. Uh, however, the cycle has a you know a a deeper impact of it, right? Because the valuations are run up, the amount of capital which the founder could raise at the stage he raised was higher than what he should have. So uh, you know you the reason you're pivoting at some point in time, right? Including later stages that you've not completely figured out your answer, right? एंड उसके पहले उसे बहुत ज्यादा कैपिटल मिल गया राइट तो उसने वो गलत रास्ते में बहुत सारा पैसा फेकफूल दिया राइट विच यू आर यू नो काइंड ऑफ गेटिंग टू राइट सो साइकिल्स एग्जिस्ट एवरीवेयर अनफॉर्चुनेटली राइट सो डिड वाज देयर सॉर्ट ऑफ लाइक अ बबल इन द 2021 डेज द आंसर इज यस डिड कंपनीज गेट लॉट मोर कैपिटल देन दे शुड द आंसर इज यस डिड कंपनीज हु शुडंट हैव रेज कैपिटल एट ऑल रेज कैपिटल द आंसर इज अगेन यस राइट सो वुड अ लॉट ऑफ देम डाई अनफॉर्चुनेटली द आंसर इज यस अगेन Right, so similar to let's say four stages of grief, right? Even the startup, there are four stages. I have one more question. I have one more question. Should companies be doing it again? 
let's say as a company i'm able to raise much more capital sure. than uh, probably i should be raising should companies be raising it again uh, see if the founder continues to have conviction on the idea he should he should raise it is a heart of heart usko dil mein pata chal gaya ki nahi karne wala hai ye kaam to wo kuch nahi kar payega उसके बाद अगर कर भी सकता है तो भी नहीं कर पाएगा वो अगर वो सॉल्व हो भी सकता है तो उससे नहीं हो पाएगा राइट एंड देन एसेंशियली हिम रेजिंग लॉट मोर कैपिटल जस्ट बिकॉज़ कैपिटल इज अवेलेबल ही टेक दैट कैपिटल एंड आल्सो ब्लो अवे सो यू नो शुड फाउंडर्स यू नो वंस ही हैज अंडरस्टूड दैट यू नो व्हाटएवर ही वाज गोइंग आफ्टर डज नॉट वर्क परसिवियर पोस्ट दैट ही शुडंट राइट सिमिलर टू लेट्स से यू नो बिग बैंग थ्योरी राइट वंस Sheldon came to know string theory didn't work, right? So he came to know string theory. Me, that equation of flaw is, so flaw is. So he should move on, right? Uh, but continuing on that, he's just you know kind of spending more time on something which he shouldn't, uh, right? So then the the founder should take capital, persevere in the business by pivoting, right? Not by throwing money at exactly the same problem statement because he doesn't want to tell his founders uh, or his co-founders, his team and his investors that no, no, where he put it, he can't put it there. Understood. Understood. I think Nitesh, those were a lot of topics that we discussed. Yes, yes, Thank you for the, your insights. If say one of our, if say some of our listeners want to reach out to you, what would be the best way? Is it LinkedIn? Is it Twitter? Where are you most active? So, uh, no, you know, email and WhatsApp, right? Those would be the two most uh, active ones. LinkedIn, I am, but not as much in Twitter, not at all. So, so email and WhatsApp would be the primary mode. I'll put your email in the uh, show description. Sure. uh so that people can reach out to you then done thank you dish uh, that's all uh thank you for your thank time you, and thank we'll you connect again if you enjoyed this it would mean a lot to me if you subscribe and share your thoughts reviews and the guests you want and aapko na hamare community ke liye links mil jayenge notes mein you should join for brilliant brilliant networking and participate in the 